This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined by David Moore. Hello, David. Hello, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing well today. Yourself? I'm doing great. You're back in front of the blanket. It makes me feel more yeah. comfortable when you're back where I, I, I believe you belong. You know, it makes it's your me comfort feel blanket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's my comfort blanket. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it goes back to. My childhood, my long lost childhood. Um, and it probably should remain lost, as come to think of it. But anyway. Uh, and then Evan Grant. Hello, Evan. How are you? Bitter. Bitter? <laughs> What are you bitter about, Evan? My lot in life. Yeah, Evan's out there in Arlington. You're in the playoffs, man. Your team's not in the playoffs, but you're in the playoffs. Uh, yep, that's correct. I am uh, going to the playoffs tonight at 8.38 p.m. <laughs> Is that when you're getting there? Late night. It's it's not ready for primetime players in Arlington. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. Are they going to have the, the, uh, the roof open? Uh, they've been encouraged to have the roof open if at all possible, but they have not made a determination yet on tonight. You know, I have to say, I've, I've been out there one time when the roof was open, I thought it was terrific. I thought it looked great and obviously felt great. It was, it was, uh, terrific. Nobody cares about what you think. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's beside the point. I, yeah, I would, I would think that tonight providing, um, there's something not, unforeseen in the in the forecast that uh it, it should be open it would be uh be a really nice night for fall baseball here in arlington yeah i wouldn't get used to it though if i were you not for a while not for a while i have a prediction kevin i'm gonna be going to the world series yeah you are you are going to the world series as i said without your team all right so we've got uh we've got the worst football in the history of this state and that's that's my that's my comment. It's the worst football in the history of this state. Pro college. I'm not going to say about high schools. High schools are doing just fine. Pro and college in this state, they stink. Um, we've already had one head coach fired. Uh, uh, one NFL head coach fired uh, in this state. Uh, David, our NFL idiot. teams are one in seven. <laughs> yeah, they're one in seven. One in seven NFL yeah. teams. Yeah, Oklahoma's well, Oklahoma's out. It's a big, but Texas OU is the annual the greatest annual sporting event in texas has been ruined uh by the fact that oklahoma and texas have uh well it was ruined by the fact that the fair is not going to be open but anyway yeah. that pretty much ruined it although chuck chuck carlton tells me and i'll be out there on saturday chuck carlton tells me that four fletcher's corn dog stands are going to be open for the game just for just for the media how about that <laughs> are, are there, there are no fans at this game 
No fans. What was Texas's? Texas was twenty percent of occupancy for their first games at home. Uh, that's that's correct. That is correct. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, that's where we are. So, David, we've already, as I was saying, we've already had Bill O'Brien was fired. The Texans fired him after the uh, Texans and four start. Uh, are the Cowboys going to be firing any coaches? No. And, no? Uh, well, not now. I mean, certainly, certainly at some point in, in all of their tenures, they will be fired. Uh, that is the lot of every coach at some point, by and large. But, you know, four games in, even as bad as this team has looked defensively, to, to make a change that quickly, I, I think most head coaches would look at it as, well, that's going to undercut everything I've brought into these guys. I mean, if I'm making a change, uh, if, I'm, if upheaval is this large and I was this wrong four games in, why should they trust anything I've brought to them and I'm establishing here? So... Um, even if you can make a strong argument for it, I, I, I don't know of too many people who would actually make a, a coaching change four games into their tenure. Um, now, if this keeps up, again, they're averaging – I mean, th- this is an historic pace here. I mean, you know, the, I think right now – this defense is on a pace to allow 149 points more than it's ever allowed in its, in history, in its franchise history. So um, now I think that's going to come down some in, in the coming weeks. It, it should come down this week because um, the team the Cowboys face, the New York Giants, have scored 47 points all season, which is two less points than Cleveland managed to score on them Sunday afternoon. So – I think when they start playing division games, as bad as the division is, this is going to start to come down. But, um, yeah, th- this is a dreadful, dreadful start. And you're not only questioning the scheme, you're questioning uh, the effort, and you're questioning whether or not a change should be made four games in. Uh, th- this is not the sort of uh, – noise you want to have around your team this early in the season, especially when you've just taken over. Here's a couple of things to me that, that uh, argue against making a change. First of all, uh, the head coach is an offensive coach. Uh, it's not like uh, he could oversee, you know, you'd, you'd take a, you'd take the Jim Tom Sula, you know, the defensive line coach and you'd make him the coordinator, but you'd be overseeing him and, and helping him out with that. That's not I'm not it's, I'm not saying that Mike McCarthy couldn't do it, but he's the offensive coach. He wants to keep his hand in on that side with Kellen Moore. He didn't have time to be doing that on defense as well. So that argues against it from a practical standpoint. Although I, uh, I don't I don't believe there's any kind of history between Mike Nolan and and Mike McCarthy, is there? Well, they they've known each other a long time. Um, have and, they worked together though? I don't think uh, so. No, but they but they but their, their paths have crossed and, and they, uh, you know, have worked with people that uh, there's mutual respect for. It's, it's, one of those, it's one of those relationships that is forged through the connections more than what they've had themselves. But look, I mean, Mike Nolan knows this too. I mean, uh, if they don't play better defensively, I mean, he'll, he'll make it through this season, but there's no guarantee about going into next year. I mean, and it's been a long time since he's been a coordinator in this league too. So, 2014, um, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been a gap. So, 
Um, and, and everywhere, if you go back and look at his record, uh, and, and he's been a lot of places, and he's been a defensive coordinator a lot of places, and never very long at any of those places. Uh, and I think that, that, you know, I'd have to go back and look and see how they did defensively each of, the, each of those stops. But it's a little bit hard, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're always kind of extenuating circumstances. What, what did you have to work with when you were with those teams? And I, and I will say with that, this, and then it kind of leads into this next – a section of this is that what has he got to work with here? I mean, let's, let's, let's face it. Uh, how many guys on this team are playing, we're playing at a high level coming into this season. Uh, even Demarcus Lawrence, who was considered their best defensive player coming into this season, well, was not playing well before uh, he, he came into this one under Mike Nolan. Uh, Alden Smith has come in and played very well, uh, extremely well for a guy who hadn't played football in five years. So uh, there's not a lot of, of great material here. And if these guys are ha having to, to think uh, before, before they react, then that's also a dangerous thing. Yeah, and – and I think that's it. When people are, are trying to talk now about the the effort in the defensive effort in the in the Cleveland game, um, one when you're getting overpowered at the line of scrimmage like they were consistently all game, one I will say I don't think that's a scheme issue. <laughs> when you're getting bulldozed up front, uh, it's not scheme. Whatever scheme you're in, you're going to get bulldozed. So I, I thought they were just overpowered uh, physically in, in that game by and large. Um, but two. You know, certainly, guy, you look for body language, and, and when you're getting beat like that, you get discouraged, and, and you can see it from time to time, and, and, and maybe, you know, subtly it, it impacts your effort. Uh, but, but I will say, too, I, I think the biggest part of this is that this is a new scheme, and they're asked to do things a little bit differently. And when things are going bad, that there's a slight delay because you haven't played a lot of, you haven't played a lot in this scheme. I mean, you know, they were under Rod Marinelli for so long, this nucleus, uh, this is a change for them. And so when things break down or go bad, I think they revert to like their old scheme. So I think there's some of, uh, they've had some breakdowns, things are going bad. Uh, they instinctively kind of look for keys or go back to what they've done over the last six to seven years, the guys who are still here in that group. And, you know, when you have a new system, you recognize things probably just a split second behind. And so you're not, you don't play with complete confidence because you're still processing. It's like, okay, is this right? Am I looking at this right? Is this where I'm supposed to be here? And, you know, just that split second of indecision, I think makes it look sometimes like guys aren't trying. They're trying. I just don't know if they're processing the information quickly enough uh, to act decisively the way they need to act. So let me ask you this, David, because uh, there's no coach coming to solve all this. I think we've all agree on that. Uh, so what players could come and solve this? When are Leighton Van Der Esch and Sean Lee going to be available to the Cowboys? Well, I think you're looking probably at least another three weeks before either one of them come back. So you're, you're really looking right around the midseason point. Um, like I said, it's – I think some of this should be corrected by default. I, I don't see how the, the, the New York Giants, the state they're in offensively, can do anything close uh, to what Cleveland or Atlanta or Seattle did to Dallas's defense. You know, after that, 
uh, Arizona is going to give them some problems. But then after that, they have Philadelphia that struggled. They have Washington uh, that has struggled offensively. So, so these division games, I think, are going to make them feel a little bit better about where they are defensively. And I, my belief is their hope is they just get their feet on the ground a little bit, have a few more positive uh, plays in games that they can point to and hope it settles down that way. Uh, but, but from a standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, from anything else, um, there's, there's not much they can do here other than just ride this out. They can simplify it a little bit, I guess. But, um, you know, Mike McCarthy was adamant the other day about you just don't want it to be like a one-note defense. You don't want to make it so simple, a one-call defense. Um, but if they continue to have such glaring issues, I, I would argue it's better to have a one-call defense than, than it is to – uh, to can continue these mistakes that they're having. I will say this on, on the, in defense of the Cowboys, which there is no defense. Aha. Uh-huh, uh, is that, uh, these first four games have turned out to be four more difficult opponents. Well, we knew we knew the Rams would probably be pretty good. We thought the Falcons would be good. Uh, and the Falcons are kind of all over the map. We knew Seattle would be good. They're, four. they're not good. They're yeah, not well, we, they're not. They're not. But at least they have a, a veteran quarterback in charge of that of that team, and they got some great receivers. So they they have the they're they're kind of like the Cowboys. They they have the the potential to be good. They're just not. Uh, and then the, and then Seattle's a good team. I'm maybe one of the best teams in the NFL. And and then Cleveland, which has been stockpiling talent for a long time now. Uh, Miles Garrett, the you know the highest paid defensive player in the league, certainly a terrific defensive end. Uh, they've got some got Olivier Vernon on the other side. They've, they've got some really good players, especially on offense as well. Uh, that was one of the reasons why last going into last year, Cleveland was a trendy pick to be a, uh, a, a really good team and they just fell on their faces. Well, that's, so let's say that, that that's three of the four teams they played are good teams, uh, teams that are going places, maybe going into deep into the playoffs. The flip side of that is, is that we've made excuses for Mike McCarthy because it's a new off, you know, it's a, it's not a new offense, but it's a new defense, a uh, new coaching staff, a truncated training camp, all of those things. Well, Kevin Stefanski had those same things in Cleveland, right? He's yes. a new coach. He, you know, Training camp was no longer for him than it was for the Cowboys. Only so, he had two new off- He had two new coordinators or three. Yeah. He didn't. He had offense and defense. Dallas just went defense and special teams. Right. So he's made it work, uh, and 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 made it work very well. What they're what the the Browns are doing, uh, you know, they they've kind of taken the they kind of taken the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands and just said, here we want we want to run the ball and uh, and we want you to uh, just throw it away uh, we you know they, they did a lot baker mayfield i think you know if you if you watch baker play in college uh the, the nervous feet you know even when he was even when he was going well he, he always looked like what am i what am i going to do here what can i do here the the, the capability of, of doing something wrong here the potential of that always seemed to loom with baker mayfield even at his best uh and now the Browns have completely removed that. You know, they they talked about how they they you know worked with his his feet and what he was doing and fundamentally, and the fact that you know I'm just going to throw the ball away now, uh, and then we're just going to turn it over to the running game. To me, to get a quarterback who's going into his, I guess third year in the league with Baker is that is that what it is fourth third yeah. year, uh, his third year in the league to get him to 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 do all those kind of things and to do what the Browns are now doing that's pretty impressive. 
to get all that accomplished. Yeah, and I, and I think to me, I'm to me this is the blueprint Dallas had in Dak Prescott's rookie year. Yeah, it's really a, a lot of what Cleveland is doing right now, and it and it makes sense for them. Um, but but I'll say this um, for for Cleveland to handle Dallas the way it did while losing its best running back in the first quarter of the game is really inexcusable. I mean, that speaks to how bad this defense is now and whatever reasons you want to put on it. Uh, scheme, lack of effort, lack of talent, uh, lack of playing together. Uh, it was – there was really no excuse for allowing 307 yards rushing when the team – the, the player the team was built around really offensively right now, Nick Chubb, went out. I mean, look, no one had to leave in that game more than Nick Chubb. I mean, th this was the sort of game where Nick Chubb would have looked back at the end of the season if he would have stayed healthy and said, you know what, I won that rushing title back in week four in Dallas when I ran for 186 yards and four touchdowns. You yeah. know? And there's no doubt in my mind he was going to have 180 <laughs> in that game uh, the, I mean, he had 40, he had 43 when he went out, you know, midway in the first quarter. Yeah. So uh, they weren't going to stop him. And, and, and the fact they couldn't stop anyone else when they knew what was coming. And look, you know, that reverse that in, in some way, shape or form, Dallas comes back and they're only down by three with 337 left, which is remarkable. Um, and then rather than kick off, they do this odd it's not really an onside kick, but it's not really kicking it deep. And, oh, let's just give Cleveland the ball at the 50. A which terrible is a nonsensical, decision. Nonsensical, horrible decision. But then first play, reverse, Odell Beckham, 50 yards. Well, they ran that exact same play earlier in the game and got 23 out of it. So how, can you not rec how could you not be ready for it again? That was the same trick play that worked twice on them. So they ran that reverse twice and got 73 yards out of it. Um, that's just not – that's obvious, not good football. But, I mean, that is, that is a huge indictment of where this defense is right now. I think, that, you know, it's not just how poorly they're playing on defense, which they are, obviously. We when you're the most, you know, demoralizing aspect of any football game is when you can run the ball on somebody, uh, yeah. and you and you can't stop it. Then that's then everything else is just you're you're just toast at that point. But also the decision making process that's going on in a lot of this. You know, it's just what you talked about with the decision to make that kick. You know, you just got it back to three points. Why in the world don't you just kick this off, hold them, and and then and then get the ball back. You know, and instead defense is going to have to do something at some point. And it had actually now a lot of it was that, you know, Cleveland got conservative because they were up 41 to 14. But now suddenly it was 41 to 38. You kick it deep. And I tell you what, you kick it deep. They get the ball in the 25. Their first play is not going to be reverse no. from their own 25 yard line. You, you probably don't see that play again. They're just going to have to they're going to have to plunge straight ahead. But. You know, it didn't matter. They were consuming some clock, and it didn't matter that they were punting uh, in, you know, midway through the third on. Now suddenly it mattered because they only had a three-point lead. They were under pressure, even though Dallas's defense hadn't done anything. Um, why not put them back on the 25? I mean, it, look, if, if your defense is suspect anyway, you know it. Wouldn't you rather put the other team – and they're going to have to do something to get you the ball back or, or hold. And um, – 
Well, they did I, again, I thought they showed just an extreme lack of faith where we've just got to, you know, um, we've got to execute every single play we make here to even have a chance to win this game and take the defense out of it. And, and that's where you start making mistakes, decisions, uh, and, and poor decisions in these games, I think, that just kind of domino. There, there are all kinds of decisions that are being made that are questionable. Uh, one, one to start the game, uh, you're, you're starting Terrence Steele at, at right tackle in, in, to go against Miles Garrett. Uh, when Brandon Knight has more experience, uh, so you, 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 so you start the game with, with, uh, with Terrence Steele. He just gets eaten up by Miles Garrett, including the strip sack. They take him out, put Brandon Knight in, and he does a pretty good job. And you know, so. What a bad decision going into that point. Why would you go? Why wouldn't you go with the more experienced guy who actually had played some left tackle for you when uh, uh, when Tyron Smith was out uh, and and had done okay doing that? I, and and Terrence Steele has struggled all year long, you know, with, with penalties and uh, and other problems. It's it's those kind of decisions. Uh, and then the, and then another weird special teams decision. It seems like there's one every game. Uh, and then I'm going to put this one on a player. No one appreciates what Amari Cooper does more than I do. Uh, I've I, I made the, uh, all kinds of uh, calls that they should trade for him in the first place, and he's been a tremendous receiver for the Cowboys. It's hard to knock a guy who makes 12 catches for 134 yards and a touchdown. But on that last offensive play for the Cowboys, on that slant, when he just decided, I'm not going to – oh, I, he's not going to throw it to me. There's, there's a couple of guys here. I'm just going to stop running uh, and at least the interception – that's just an inexcusable play for a veteran player. You run your route, you look for the ball. You know, he's a veteran player, a, a really high caliber, high quality player. And these are the kinds of things that Amari does that makes people wonder, is this guy really a top five receiver or not? Yeah, and that's, you know, should, should Dax Reed have taken him somewhere else there? I think probably so, but like you said, you just don't, you just don't go. Well, certainly the ball's not going to come to me here, so I'm not going to complete the route. You, you complete the route and you get there. And uh, you know, I, and again, I not not to give him an excuse at all. And 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 Amari Cooper blamed himself on that. But to me, this also gets back to, you know, from they got behind by so much, really from the you know, early third quarter on, every single play meant something. Uh, and and that just wears on you mentally and physically over the course of the game when every single play is crucial. And I, I think it's very hard for people to perform at their optimum when every single time matters. You know, it, it, it's crucial every play. And and this isn't about taking plays off, but I mean, um, you, you still have to you still have to manage yourself physically and mentally over the course of a game. Well, you've just you just do all margin for error. Everything has got to be yeah. executed perfectly. And and I mean, it's still I think we're we're overlooking in in some regard. To me, what is the biggest story of this team? And it's been this simple: the defense may suck, but this why does this team handle the ball so poorly? They are they they lead the NFL in, in giveaways. They are last in the NFL in, in plus minus on giveaway and takeaways. The offense, all the offense has to do is handle the ball a little bit better to keep the defense off the field some. 
Yeah, and I think, well, one, I think some of this goes back to the idea that you have to be perfect every single play because they've, they've you know, this offense has only snapped the ball with a lead seven times all season. Uh, they've only played with a lead. They've only had a lead for 15 minutes and I think 40-something seconds out of, out of 240 minutes. Uh, so they're constantly playing from behind, catching up. And so I think there's a sense of, you know what, we would manage this possession differently, but we really can't afford to. We can't get we can't get a couple of, you know, first downs here and then unveil what we're going to do. We got to go. We got to jump in right now. So, you know, I think that impact. But I, I also think, in the minds of some fans, you even bring this up and it's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. The defense is horrible. How can you blame the offense? It's all the defense. It's all the defense. Well, no, it's not because those two turnovers they had uh, to end the second quarter and start the third quarter in the Seattle game and the two turnovers they had on back-to-back plays in the second quarter of the Cleveland game completely changed the dynamic of the game. You know, Dallas went from a tie game to down by 14 in less than four minutes of clock time after those two turnovers. And, um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's, lost two fumbles this year and you say well that's not that much it's just been a bad time he only lost two all of last year so he's already equaled what he did all of last year um yes I know Dak Prescott went 297 passing attempts without an interception uh in that you know until he had the one in the second quarter against Seattle but it was at a point of the game where he couldn't afford to have it and and I think too often Fans just look at the overall numbers and go, oh, it's not the offense's fault. Well, it matters what you do and when you – it's not just what you do, but when you do it. And this offense in these last two losses, they have completely changed the dynamic of the game from it being a competitive game to them coming from behind, and it was not the defense's fault. Well, I, I I do think that it's the defense's job to when a mistake is made by the offense, it's time for the defense to take a stand. It's just that this defense isn't capable of taking a, a stand. There's sure. there's nobody on it that's going to make a play except for maybe Alden Smith, frankly. Uh, but but you know, going back to the decision making processes and the things I don't understand, why is Tony Pollard still returning kicks? Uh, you know, he he let a ball drop inside the 10-yard line while he was standing in the end zone. Instead of running up to catch the ball, he stands there and watches it fall. We've seen Tony Pollard muff kicks, you know, not field kicks, uh, you know, make poor decisions about when to return a kick. Um, I know this is what he did in college, and I know he was very good at it in college, but so far he's been horrendous. Uh, You could say that, that Tony Pollard cost him a game this year because of his decisions back there and his actions back there as a kicker. And these are the kind of things that, you know, that are frustrating. These are things that are when, when Jason Garrett was doing these kind of things and we were all saying, see, he's just too stubborn. He just sticks with things. Why, why can't he see that something is happening here and he has to, to make a change here? Well, we're, we're seeing the same thing with Mike McCarthy. This, this team looks, if, if you didn't look down there on the sideline, you would swear that Jason Garrett was still the coach of the, of the Dallas Cowboys in my mind. I, I just think that the, the, the decisions that are made here are frustrating because they don't, there's, there's so many that really, even on the face of them, don't make sense. Uh, you know, they, they made a change at punt returner. They, they've gone on, they've kind of given that job to several people, and C.D. Lamb has finally ended up with it, and he's doing a really good job. 
he looked he looked really good last week returning punts, and I kind of almost given up on that because you know when in previously when Cole Beasley was returning punts, basically his job was just catch the ball and fall down. You know, yeah. don't don't try to do anything. They given up the idea of trying to return punts. Uh, so so at least they have they have added that. Who who would be their backup kick returner? Cedric Wilson. Yeah. See, I'd I'd rather see him do it. You know, he yeah. he he's done a good job uh, when, when he's been on uh, when he's when he's gotten on the field. Has a couple of touchdowns this year. Uh, and and listen, I like Pollard as a as a as a running back. You know, he's he's a, he's a nice backup running back, uh, and he's got some skills. He just clearly zones out when he's back there taking kicks. Uh, he has not done anything to impress me this season. On the field, period. I think he's regressed this year. I don't know that. I you know, he hasn't got to play very much. They haven't run the ball very much, for one thing. Uh, you know, we, we were talking about what what Zeke has done, and and I I was a little listening to Daryl Johnston talk about the fact that the, he said that the Cowboys have forgotten about Zeke uh, Elliott, and I thought the first two games he was off to one of his best starts ever. You know. Uh, they were doing a lot with the running game in the first two games. It was in the yeah. third game. Where about because they were down 41-14. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> it's kind of hard to run a guy at that point. And, and he certainly contributed to problems. They're, they're trying to throw the ball to him. He dropped three passes in yeah. the one game. And then, he's, then he's, as, as David said, he's, he's fumbled twice. And I know some of this is just his style. But I have to say, there are just times to me when I, I, I watch Zeke, he just seems to be – I don't want to say disinterested. I just, you know, on, on the last fumble, he's sitting on the guy's back. He's rolling over. He's got one hand on the ball. At that point, is it too much to ask me to put both hands on the ball and 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 uh, and make sure that somebody doesn't reach in? That's a perfect opportunity for somebody to reach in and pull the, and strip the ball away from you. Uh, disinterested is the word that came to my mind. Uh, he, he just he just looks at you know at, at times when he was when they're throwing him the ball you know he's he's not because listen when he was coming out of Ohio State they didn't throw it to him a lot but the times I saw him play and they threw him the ball he just looked terrific catching the ball you know in the few times they threw it to him his first couple of years here he looked terrific catching the ball uh, and then all of a sudden this year it's kind of like yeah I don't know maybe I'll catch this maybe I won't catch it you know Zeke also has that tendency I think look he's a very powerful runner. Once he gets going, he's very difficult to bring down. He always finishes the run very, very tough. My problem with Zeke sometimes as a runner is getting started. If there's not a hole there, Zeke will just kind of run up to the where the hole should be, kind of stop, turn, look for another place to go. Sometimes I just want to run it back, just hit it hard. Just, just hit this hard. Maybe you'll move somebody. Maybe something will happen, and maybe you can, uh, maybe you can get a yard or two here when there's nothing else happening. So it kind of contributes to that, to that look like, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's really nothing here for me to do. Well, and this is the worst line he's played behind too. Um, well, no you know, this is a dominant line, like the, like he's had the last four years. So again, again, I still keep coming back to it. It's remarkable to me that. that that a team that's this good offensively still has only snapped the ball seven times with a lead. That that alters everything you have in your game plan going forward. And 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 so and in these last two games, it's not even they just haven't been on an equal footing. They've been behind so much so early. Um, so it, to me, it's remarkable they're gaining all these yards with the fact that. Elliot's actually 
basically been out of the game plan for half of each game because of their their deficits have been so large. I mean, you're taking away uh, a major weapon to your offense, and and to me, that's also the weapon we talk about. Look, this Cowboys offense is undeniably explosive, uh, but they haven't been particularly efficient yet. And to be efficient, uh, you're going to need to see more Ezekiel Elliott. And so it's just the, the way these games have been scrambled. Having said all of this, their opponent this week, they should be able to play the sort of game they want to play offensively and give their defense some cover. So, um, you know, this is, this is the default game to kind of get back to reset everything. And it should set up for them perfectly. If we're still talking about these issues coming out of this game, I mean, if a, if a Giants team has only scored, I don't think they've scored more than, what, 19 points in a game all season. If they're hanging 28 up on this team, even if Dallas wins, you're going to be going, uh-oh, this is, uh, you know. And look, everyone knows the offense is, is going to have to carry this team this year. If it's going to be successful, all offense is going to lead the way. But, but the defense, you know you're not going to win a lot of games or any games from what your defense does, but you're trying to limit how many games they lose you. <laughs> and that's kind of, in my mind, where we are right now. Just defensively, don't let Dallas lose you the game. And however you have to manage the game to do that, you do that. If that means, look, they don't want to be throwing 57, 58 times a game like they have these last two games. Um, they need to get a lead. They need to run the ball. They need to keep their defense off the field. Uh, it, at least for a couple of weeks, just to, you know, give this group a chance. I think I, I heard a stat uh, from that game the other day that when when Dak throws more than 32 times a game, the Cowboys have a losing record. Uh, no, I think because he's, he's playing from behind, clearly. Um, true, but I do think that there is, and, and, and even uh, Mike McCarthy has talked about that. His idea is that they would, uh, that Dak what, throws it 30 times a game and they, and they run it 40. Is that was or was it the other way around? Was it flipped? It was the other way around. It was forty thirty. No, forty thirty. Forty pass thirty run. Yeah, because uh, you want to run about seventy plays a game. So uh, I, I yeah I, I think that this week there's a good chance this game might last two and a half hours. Uh, Sunday, uh, two running teams. Uh, we can that's hope. What they, that, yeah, exactly. That's what they want to do anyway. That they, they want to run the ball. Uh, you know that that. That's that's the the whole dynamic changed for Jason Garrett a little bit when Saquon Barkley went out with a, a season-ending knee injury. Uh, that you know that's he was the one difference maker they had on that team on on offense, and uh, and that uh, it was a death blow to anything they wanted to do. And that's why, as you said, they're only scoring you know a, a, about 19 points a game. Yes, Evan. I, I I just want to interject one thing as we start to wrap up on the Cowboys here. The the thing for me that, that's bothered me since the start of this podcast, other than um, my the two of us, yeah, is, is David. When you, I, I know what you're saying, but to me, the talk about you know the defense should get better on track against teams like the Giants and the Washingtons and the Eagles is. Um, is troubling because let's face facts. The NFC East is a dreadful division. And uh, if the Cowboys are going to measure their success by their performance against these teams, yeah, it may lead them to an NFC division, an NFC East division title. Um, 
but clearly it doesn't put them in the conversation for legitimate playoff contenders to to advance uh, deep into the playoffs. And and to me, that's troubling. I'd hate to see this team come out of a, a win with the, with the Giants, stopping a team that can't score and think that their defense has solved some issues. Because I don't, don't think it. I I don't see where where that's going to happen. I mean, I have to disagree with you completely because if you look at the quarter break here, Philadelphia would win the division with a four, eight, and four record. So I'm not really sure what your point is about this division. But no, you're right. I, I think um, you can say that games against the Giants and Washington and Philadelphia are going to give them a false sense of security or a or a false sense of where they really stack up. Uh, I'm looking at it more. They just need any jolt of confidence or reassurance that they can be competitive at this point. And even if it comes against a, a, a clearly inferior opponent, until you get that, until you start to feel a little bit better about where you are, I don't know how you can fight through this. You get so that's the only thing I'm looking at here. But look, and it's going to be a rude awakening. They can do this in this stretch, and then let's see what happens when they play Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Well, that was, uh, the, and that was the thing I know. was going to ask you guys. I mean, I think everybody here had them winning 11 games or more going into the season. Um, you look at this team right now, you have them winning nine games? Nine is kind of the outer edge right now, I would say, based on what we've seen to this point. Yeah. Now, I mean, teams can improve, but, but, the, but the problem is that this defense has been so non-competitive. It, you still have to be competitive. And they're just not competitive defensively. They're completely and utterly chaotic in special teams. Um, I, you can settle the special teams down, and, and if you stop making some of these decisions, maybe it does, you know. Um, but but defense, I'm just not sure how much better it can get. It, it's going to have to get better a little bit. It it has to it has to progress beyond the point of embarrassing and humiliating. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much farther is going to go beyond that this year. Well, and that's the issue then too. So it goes back to the whole thing. If if you're going to continue to give up 35 points a game, well then then you're 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 putting the offense up against the back up against the wall. How many offenses are having to put up that many points every game? And uh, and and of course they're going to make mistakes at some point. Yes, it's sure. going to throw interceptions. And yes, you are going to fumble the ball if you're having to handle the ball this much. If you're having to to make this many plays. If you're throwing the ball. 50 something times a game, well, there are going to be mistakes. You know, that's just, that's just the way it's going to be, especially it's tough. If, and, and here, you know, their strength is offensively is they're explosive, right? Right. Well, so now are you going to manage the game offensively to take away one of their greatest strengths because you want to keep the ball away? Uh, you want to keep your defense off the field? Or are you going to say, well, you know, let's not look to score here on the third play of the possession. Let's go ahead and run the clock and, you know, maybe we'll punt, maybe, you know, so you still have to coach to what your strength is, but the problem is in coaching to their strength now, it, it plays to like their greatest weakness, which is this defense. It's just not competitive. Yeah. Oh, it's not. All right, boys. Uh, that's going to do it for our uh, podcast this week. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening in. Maybe uh, next week uh, when we come on, we can talk about things that happened that were actually good developments over the weekend and didn't make us think that we should have a funeral dirge uh, for football in Texas. Uh, 
I have good news for you already. What's that? Um, I won't be with you next week. No, Evan? Why is that? Why? Uh, I'm leaving the planet. <laughs> the planet. Uh, well, I think you checked out a while ago. Yeah, that's no a, kidding. But yeah. you mean actually physically? I'm taking a, a little bit of a pre-planned vacation. Yes. Oh, Evan, that's so great. Okay. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> but yeah, that's so you'll be able to talk about that. That I uh, I won't be with you. We we could talk about you too, Evan. That'd be great. That'd be fun. That's always good for a laugh. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. If you really want to get a laugh, then think about that I'll actually like be hiking in the outdoors. Oh my gosh. This this is this has got a CSI written all over it. They'll they'll find your body three years from now somewhere and Gina's saying, I don't know what happened to him. I have no idea. What part of the country? Bottom of a canyon somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere. Except for those flash storms. <laughs> They're not good in a canyon. No. Stay out of the canyons. Yeah, that's I'm good. I'm going to do my best. But uh, anyway, so the, now this has been good. And we, we almost kept it to, to 45 minutes this week. We didn't have any baseball to discuss, thank God. Um, Kevin, what do you? what's your prediction? Uh, Oklahoma, Texas. Oh, I'm going with OU on this one. I don't know how you can pick Texas. I, you know, OU's got two losses. Uh and uh, Spencer Rattler has uh, had his moments. He's been very effective. He's thrown too many interceptions, four interceptions already, one last week in the fourth quarter. Killed him. But uh, Texas defense has just looked awful uh, so far. Oh, Oklahoma's hadn't looked great either. But I, I do think that uh, the Sooners will win this game. But the thing about Texas OU is, uh, and what make, one of the things that makes it great, is that uh, a lot of surprising things happen out there. Uh, so uh, you, know I, if, you know what I like to say about this game and. And you can use this if you want. If you want to okay. take this down, you can. Um, you can figuratively. You could throw the record books out the window. Really? Yeah. Why well, was, was it? Why do people want to throw things out windows? Why can't you just throw them in the trash? I don't know. Why do, why do we have to be throwing them out windows? I don't understand David, what that. Do you, what do you got? You have a. Is there any way the Cowboys lose on Sunday? If they do, the, the, the tone here next week will be very interesting. I, I, I don't see how they – I mean, yeah, I guess it's possible. I, it's hard for me to envision how they cannot beat the Giants at the current state of the Giants. Yeah, that's – if, uh, if they lose to the Giants, the theme song uh, next week will be Sirens. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that Kevin, you want to take us on out of here? No, I let's get out of here. Let's throw them out the window. Let's go out the window after them. Uh, we'll, we'll see you all next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.